Amen is right. Thank you for that beautiful duet. My voice is better this morning than it was last night. I uh, called Tom, Mr. Voice, and said, well, you have probably to do it. He said, will you warm up a glass of bourbon? <laughs> and you gargle it before you swallow it. The bad news is it didn't, hurt my th- it didn't help my throat that much. The good news is I didn't care anymore. It did help. <laughs> so, uh, beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. Merry Christmas. And uh, we had a lot more folks here last night. Beautiful service. We thank you for being here this morning. I think the people who came last night just didn't want to take Santa Claus off so they get to church. Um, there was a young shepherd who was leading his family's flock. And knowing his family's flock was their source of income, he wanted to take them to this particular meadow that was lush and beautiful and green. And it stayed that way because very few shepherds took their flocks there because they had to go through a dark, dangerous canyon to get into that beautiful meadow. There were animals on the sides of the path that would attack, so the Young shepherd got some extra rocks for his sling, and he checked his tools and guided his flock through that canyon. When they got through the canyon, it's opened up on this beautiful, lush meadow, and the, the grass was up to the uh, stomach, up to the bellies of the sheep, and there was a stream running down the side of it, and he went over and dammed up the stream because sometimes sheep are skittish with moving water. And, So they had calm water there to drink from. And he checked them out, checked for any ticks or cuts or scrapes and put oil on them and bound them up and took care of them, restored their sense of well-being and and, uh, safety. The sheep grazed and drank and some frolicked and budded as sheep do. As the sun began to set, they began to settle down. And only contented sheep will lie down. They're very afraid and they feel safe and contented. So they began to lie down. And as the stars began to come out, the shepherd put his bedroll out and laid down. He heard a wolf howl. And his blood froze. Because he knew if that wolf got a scent of the sheep, He would have to risk his life to fight that wolf away. Now, a lot of shepherds would run away. They'd leave the sheep, but not him. He knew these sheep. They were his sheep. They were his family's sheep. He loved his sheep. And so he laid there thinking about the day, carrying his sheep as they went, caring for his sheep as they went through that dangerous canyon, and then making sure they had the best grass available and and good, clean water to drink, and now being willing to lay down his life if necessary to protect his sheep from a wolf. As he lay there looking up at the stars, he thought, you know, I wish I had a shepherd like that. And suddenly it hit him like a bolt of lightning. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me 
lie down in green pastures. He leads me to quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and then his mind shifted from thou, from the Lord is with me to you are with me. I fear no evil. And he prayed, you are with me, Lord. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And David said, because the Lord is my shepherd, I will want for nothing. He supplies all my needs. Now, David wasn't thinking that God was going to put him in a giant salad bowl. I mean, he wasn't thinking of green grass. He said, he restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths. He addresses the deepest hungers of my life. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will want for nothing. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will fear nothing. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. The wine cup that you fill just overflows and runs across the table and down on the floor. You spare no expense. You spare nothing to protect me. So I will want for nothing. I will fear nothing, and I will be anxious for nothing. As I look forward, as I think about my future, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, fear is an emotional response to a perceived threat, something right in front of us, the wolf Anxiety is an emotional response to an unperceived threat. It's something that might happen. What about my future? Am I safe? And David said, absolutely. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in God's house when this life is over forever. And he said, it's a beautiful psalm. I often hear it at a funeral. But what that's got to, what's that have to do with Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with Christmas. Because, see, Christmas is a beautiful story, but it's not the whole story. Christmas is a beautiful story, but it's only the beginning of a new story. See, Jesus was born for a reason. Jesus came into the earth to save sinners to call people to be his sheep, to put a flock together. It's like us. We're part of God's flock. And, and even the Old Testament prophets made a transition from David's theme of the Lord is my shepherd. Isaiah wrote this, See, the Lord God comes with strength. 
and his power establishes its rule. His reward is with him, and his gifts accompany him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads the nursing ewes. He's talking about Jesus here. See, this is a passage about the coming Messiah. The Messiah who was promised to David in David's line in the Davidic covenant. There will be a prince who will rise up out of your family, out of your lineage. And he will rule the world in peace and justice and righteousness. Jesus. Jesus is that Messiah. He is that great shepherd. In fact, that's how he referred to himself. Three different times in the New Testament we read about Jesus as our shepherd. In John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The writer of Hebrews who talked at length about Jesus' ministry in our life as the the high priest, the one who cares for us, the one who invites us to come to the throne of grace, to receive mercy and find help in our time of need. The writer of Hebrews referred to him as the great shepherd. And then Peter, at, in 1 Peter chapter 5, writing to pastors, writing to pastors, to shepherds of local flocks, referred to Jesus as the chief shepherd. So as our shepherd, like David, we can say the Lord is my shepherd. David felt secure because the Lord was his shepherd. He would want for nothing. He would fear nothing. He would be anxious for nothing. And Jesus, our shepherd, the same Lord, the same Lord, the eternal king, Jesus wants his sheep to feel secure because he is our shepherd. And because he's our shepherd, we need nothing. I want for nothing. Jesus said, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, to kill, to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I like the way Phillips translates that. I have come that they might have life. I mean really live. Isn't <laughs> that beautiful? I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Because Jesus is our shepherd, we will want for nothing. Now I want you to focus in with me for a moment. I want to go to talk about something Jesus said in John chapter 6. I am the bread of life, he said. I am the bread of life. He who partakes of me will never hunger, nor will she thirst. When I would teach that in class with the college students, I'd say, do you you believe that? Are you you Christians? It was a Christian university. You Christians? You you know Jesus? Yeah. How many of you ate breakfast? Well, about half. How many are going to eat lunch? 100%. 
Why? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you have partaken of me, you need not eat nor drink. What in the world is he talking about? What he's talking about is I've come that you might have life. And he used these two figures of water and bread because he knows these are some of our most visceral wants. If we're dying of thirst, if we're extremely hungry, nothing else matters. The most, if you're familiar with uh, uh, Maslow's hierarchy, and the, the physio, physiological needs are the foundation. And Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter what else you have in your life. If you don't have me, you don't really have life. I read a beautiful book by Ronald Rollheiser called The Restless Heart, Finding Our Spiritual Home in Times of Loneliness. And he talks about loneliness is a, is, a, is a reality that all of us feel. In our more contemplative moments, there's a deep longing, there's a deep aching that we try to fill. Some people try to fill it with activity, with all kinds of other things, with success, with material. And Rollheiser reminds us of something St. Augustine wrote. You created us for yourself, O Lord, and we will never find rest until we find rest in thee. And so Jesus said, if you want to have real life, I mean really live, you have to partake of me. I am the good shepherd. I have come that you might have life. If you try to live a fulfilled life, find contentment, and you don't know Jesus, and you don't have the person of Jesus Christ alive in your life, Jesus said, you will never find this kind of contentment. I have come as the good shepherd so that you will want for nothing. No matter what else you have, no matter what else you achieve, no matter what other relationships you establish, if you don't have him, you will want. You cannot say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So because Jesus is our shepherd, we will want for nothing. And the second movement in this psalm was, I will fear nothing. We will fear nothing because Jesus is our great shepherd. And the writer of Hebrews wrote this, Now may the God of peace, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with all that is good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Glory belongs to him forever and ever. And the writer of Romans chapter 8 addressed this idea of are, are we safe? Do I need to live with fear? Can I depend on the great shepherd to take care of me? Well, he certainly is powerful. He came back from the grave. 
He came out of the dead, and, and uh, he has equipped us with every, equip you with all that is good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight. And, and Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 28, that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I'm going to read that again. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As the great shepherd, Jesus says, you know, I just want you to feel safe. I just want you to know that I, I, I'm in charge. You know, the wolf is out there. You could hear him too. You probably smell him. Some of you have experienced that wolf. You've had pain and difficulty in your life. The good shepherd, the great shepherd, says, I work all things together for your good because I am the great shepherd. You are my sheep and I love you. And I lay down my life to protect you. Why would you fear anything knowing that the great shepherd and the good shepherd love you that much. And the third movement in the Davidic Psalm is I will be anxious for nothing. Excuse me. I will be anxious for nothing because Jesus is the chief shepherd. Peter wrote that he was writing to pastors, telling them to be good shepherds of their flock. And then he said, therefore, as a fellow elder, and witness to the sufferings of the Messiah, shepherd of God's flock among you, you as elders, as you as people who are responsible, you looking at each other, the high priesthood of the believer, shepherd each other, shepherd God's flock among you. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Do we need to be anxious for anything? Is your world ever going to go out of control? Is it ever going to get so bad that God will lose sight of you or God won't care anymore? Or will God ever lose control? When Peter refers to the chief shepherd appearing, he's talking about when Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd appears. He will appear as the chief shepherd, the big wazoo, the king of kings and lord of lords, the great promised Messiah who came once and initiated his kingdom, and he's coming again, and he will fulfill his kingdom. And between then and now, he is in control. As you look down into your life, you say, yeah, things are going to happen. 
Bad things are going to happen. They happen. Tough things are going to happen. But they're not out of God's control. And God works all things together for good because he is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And he's the chief shepherd. And at 1 Peter 1.13, Peter wrote, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. All of life comes into perspective when you read the scriptures and realize that all of this time that we are living now is preparing us for eternity. And the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd says, I don't want you to want for things, not those most deep visceral needs in your life, those things that gnaw at you, those moments when you're alone and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling hurt and you're feeling disappointed and your life doesn't feel like it means anything. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I have come that you might have life. I am the bread of life. You will never be satisfied unless you're satisfied by me. I am the great shepherd. I'm in control. I work all things together for good. You need fear nothing. And I am the chief shepherd, and I am coming back and pull all of this together. So you do not need to worry. You do not have to be anxious. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is he your shepherd? Do you know him? Do you spend time with him? Do you hear his voice? He says, my sheep hear my voice. Do you feel his love? Do you take time during your week to just sit and be with him? Because all of this is dependent on a relationship. It all depends on knowing him, trusting him, believing in him, accepting him as your Lord, your chief shepherd, your good shepherd. Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We will not want for anything. We need not fear anything. We need not be anxious for anything. Thank you for coming into our world and making life 100% different for us by being our shepherd. Amen.